0: Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged
1: by this message from the Nichols Road Campus.
0: Guys, all right, yeah. So, guess what? We have a special guest. Our uh, the first youth leader of our church, uh, Dennis Hager. Yeah, many uh, may not uh, know that uh, little historical detail. Historical; it's in the history books. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And um, many, many years ago, he was, one, he was the first, actually the first youth leader, and and right, then went to Bible College, and eventually um, you know, married Kaku, who he met there, and they returned 30 years ago to the nation of Japan, so we're very honored to have them uh, here to speak. A couple of things, uh, he's also a renowned author. <laughs> now, Dennis wrote a 31-day uh, prayer guide devotional, and there's just a few copies on the table by the the door. Um, if you're going to use it, because there's limited copies, don't take it unless you're really going to use it. All right. Um, but if you if you want to use it, and if there's still some there, you're welcome to have one. There is no charge for that. There's also <clears throat> another book that is a prayer guide concerning the nation of Japan. And so if you want to learn more about how um, to intercede for the people of Japan, Japan is one of the least reached nations of the world. Uh, Some estimate that only one in a thousand Japanese are Christians And uh, even though it is a first world nation, a prosperous nation, it's very resistant culturally, not legally. It's completely legal to worship and to do ministry in Japan. But culturally, it's very, very difficult to bridge that gap. And this book gives you insights. Again, if you're going to read it and pray according to it, you can use it. Um, Also, you can just uh, read it and then return it. And we could just have these available Uh, because it's not something you have to, you know, shouldn't take more than a short time to read or pray through it one month and then bring it back, and and maybe we can just recycle these by encouraging people to use it throughout the year. Um, As the testimony was stated, um, sometimes you have to endure the struggle bus, you have to press on. When I teach in the various places I go to teach, ministry schools and leadership schools, One of my main things is the necessity to not give up. Um, Acts 2.42, which is considered the best description of the early church, begins with, they continued steadfastly. And that word is significant in that it's the first word that describes the early church. They were consistent. That continuing steadfastly can actually be translated, they were courageous. They did not give up. And the primary requirement of a Christ follower is you don't give up. Because you know what? When you're following Jesus, you really can't lose. And in many senses, you can't fail. What people do is they just give up and they give in, and that leads to failure. And so be courageous. And I just want to affirm and commend Denison Kaku for being courageous ministers uh, in, in the gospel in the nation of Japan. Just want to give him a big welcome. Would you give him a hand? Come on up.
1: Good morning, everyone. Uh, it is so good to be here. And we... Uh, had such a great time uh, visiting every sun, almost every Sunday and uh, just spending time with the revival meeting, too. I could share testimonies about that, too, but I won't this morning since uh, we have limited time.
2: Good morning. Um, Good morning. Um, Good morning. Um, I just want to thank you for your love, your support and prayers for us personally, and also for, for our church. And the nation of Japan. And I want to give you um, a love and greeting from every nation, Church Izu. Last Saturday, not yesterday, last Saturday, Pastor Cameron preached to a church on Zoom and I translated, translated it after the revival meeting and it was so good. And uh, people in our church were so encouraged to see pastor Cameron again because they are waiting for him to come back to Japan as soon as the 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 country opens up. So anyways, I just want to thank you again for your love and you are my, our family and it's always, always good to be here. Thank you.
1: Amen. 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 It is so good to just come and worship with you and just uh, talk with everybody. And, uh, Pastor Cameron already introduced my uh, some of my stories and message. Uh, Japan is one of the most unreached nations in the world. It is also one of the most expensive nations to live in, yeah. and uh, Shizuoka Prefecture is like a prefecture is like a state, and so Shizuoka Prefecture is one of the most unreached prefectures uh, in Japan. And I'll uh, explain a little bit more about that later. But I believe also that it is one of the strongest spiritual strongholds in Japan is uh, Shizoka and where we actually live. And I'll explain a little bit more about that. But Japan has been called uh, the graveyard of missionaries because many missionaries have gone and not seen any fruit and have died not seeing the results of their seeds that they've planted. And so, but Japan is also called uh, the land of the rising sun. And we are claiming that, spiritually we are claiming that, that Jesus is going to rise over Japan and we are going to see fruitfulness and uh, revival in Japan, even as you want to see revival take place in this country also, right? Amen. Amen. And so our church is now called... Oh, So we're in the countryside of Izu Peninsula, and uh, as he said, about 3.6 million people, no he didn't say, about 3.6 million people live in Shizoka Prefecture, about 422,000 people live in just the area of our influence, because we reach more than just our little town, we reach the whole area. We have people who come to our church uh, from an hour or more away just to get to our church Uh, because there are limited churches in Japan. Uh, They're not on every street corner. So the title of my message is Finding God and Our Limitations. I want to read some verses to you, and then we'll pray. Um, In John uh, 6, verses 5 to 9, it says, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him, Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your grace, and I thank you, Lord, that you are alive even in our limitations, Lord. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us this morning, and uh, Lord, I just thank you that uh, even this message, Lord, goes along with the testimonies, and I pray that we would all be encouraged by your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the first thing I, I noticed about these verses uh, recently was that Philip had no faith. <laughs> he just came to Jesus. We couldn't feed this even if we had a million dollars. You know, it's like we can't do we, There's There's no, nothing that we can do for all these people. But Andrew has a different story. And I feel like Andrew, uh, I relate to Andrew a lot because Andrew had limitations, and the only thing he found was a little boy, uh, thank you, found a little boy with some fish and some loaves of bread. But what did he do? He brought them to Jesus. He said, I don't have anything. This is all I found in my hands. This is all I found, but I'm bringing it to you. Because who else can do anything with that? You know, we all have limitations in our lives. We all have just weaknesses and limitations. But what do we do? Do we just focus on our limitations or do we say, God, here's my limitations. I surrender to you and I want to see, I want to look for you in the midst of my limitations. And I think that's what Andrew is doing. And that's how we felt when we moved to Japan we felt like we had a lot of limitations when we moved to Japan, but we moved to Japan because God called us there. We just brought what we had, even though it seemed very, very inadequate and still seems very inadequate for what God wanted to do. But we just surrendered our lives and said, God will answer what you want to do. Here we are. Here's our limitations and we're going to trust you. And we're going to look for you in the midst of our limitations. And so I just wanna encourage you to bring what you have and look for God in your limitations. Don't focus on your limitations, but look to God to fill that lack in your life and th- those limitations in your life. Amen. Um, I went to Japan with a lot of big dreams and big goals. Uh, many that, uh, to be honest with you, I still have not seen any a lot of fruit. Um, sometimes I ask myself, why am I here? You know, sometimes we feel like we're on an island, on an island. <laughs> <laughs> but we just went because God called us to go. Uh, This is a picture of my wife and I before we got married and then uh, when we got married. And after Kaku and I got married, I finished, as uh, Pastor Cameron said, I finished my schooling in Portland Bible College. And uh, during the semesters, between semesters, I would go, we would go back to visit uh, Kaku's parents. And uh, one of the things I told her was after we got married, because we got married in Japan, and I told my wife, there's no way that I want to move here and live. It's just the culture's too different. If anybody knows me, I'm very, very finicky. <laughs> I don't like even a lot of American food. Now, God has a good sense of humor. He, where does he send me? He sends me to the place I don't even eat fish. <laughs> and where does he send me? To Japan. I'm the least likely missionary to a different country that you could, that you could ask for. But we obeyed the call, and in 1991, uh, we went to Japan with two God-given purposes. Uh, When we were in our uh, bedroom one day while we were visiting, we were praying, and God just put this deep burden upon our hearts, uh, both for her parents and for the Japanese people. And he told us he wanted us to reach out to her family with God's love, and then to eventually reach out to the Japanese people and plant a church And if we didn't go to reach out to her family, what other Christian would? They were in a place where they would probably never hear the gospel. And so uh, even with our many limitations, and some of them are very glaringly obvious, I didn't speak Japanese. I didn't understand the culture really at all. And I didn't have any way of supporting my family in Japan. I mean, if I can't speak English, what can I do? How can I work there and make a living if I can't speak Japanese? What did I say? English. Oh, sorry. I can't speak English either, really. And I'll explain that more later, too. (laughs) But we moved just believing that God would fill in the gaps. God would fill in our limitations. We just trusted that God would fill in our limitations And so um, God spoke to us before we moved to Japan that we not only would touch Japanese people, but that we would also touch many foreigners while we were there. And we thought that was kind of crazy, too, because uh, when we first moved to Japan, there was maybe only one other couple that we know of that was a foreigner that lived in our town. In fact, whenever I would walk down down the street for a walk, people would... until I was out of sight, because whether they were young or old, all of them would just stare because they had never, never s- seen a foreigner before. And I thought, God, how are we going to touch foreigners when there aren't any foreigners here? But we're just going to surrender it to you, and we're going to trust you that, you're, that you will keep your promises. And so God told us as we moved to Japan, uh, there were four areas that he really wanted us to focus on. Uh, He told us to love greatly, to serve others with love and joy and humility, to show great hospitality and to be generous even with our limited resources, but to just show uh, unlimited generosity. And so that's what we tried to do. So the first thing I needed to do was actually provide for my family. Uh, we moved to Japan, not really knowing how I was going to support a family there. And we already had Adrian, who's here with us, and I appreciate Adrian and Aaron coming down from Grand Rapids. And we've been having a good time this last week with them. And uh, how am I going to support a family? You know, one of my glaring limitations was that I didn't speak Japanese, but I didn't speak good English either. English was my worst subject in school. And people asked me, What's your first language? And I would say hillbilly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak good English. And so my first job, what is it? I teach a conversational class at a Japanese high school. <laughs> God gives me a, a job at a high school to teach conversational English. I I mean you have to think that God has a good sense of humor because he just took my weaknesses and took my lack and began to provide. And then after the first year of that, uh, God told us to start our own English conversation school in our town to touch more of the community around us. And I thought, now how can we do that? We have no money. We, We have no experience in business really. But yet we, we used what money we had. We put out a sign out front, and word just began to spread. Uh, Adrian's uh, classmates in kindergarten, they, um, mothers wanted to bring their children. And, and, the cl- and we just started an English school. And at its peak, we had probably 60 students making between six and $7,000 a month just from this English school. That was before the bubble burst over there. But we were making, uh, and like I said, that seems like a lot, but when you live in Japan, uh, we, were, we were doing okay, but uh, Japan is really ver- very expensive to live in. But we just continued to, you know, just love greatly. Oh, I'm going the wrong way. We just continued to just love people, to serve others with love and joy and humility. We began, continue, we just began to show hospitality to the people around us and to just be generous where we could be generous. And out of all my students, um, you know, we didn't see a lot of fruit. For the first eight years, I would say, uh, we had no Christian contact and we didn't see anybody get saved, really. And then, um, then her mom got saved. And then um, this lady here, she was on, the, on my right, uh, maybe on your left, I guess. Is it on your right, too? Oh, okay, I'm looking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so this lady, um, she was one of my students, and uh, she got saved. And then uh, she's a r- research scientist, and she got saved, and she got radically saved uh, after coming to uh, Little Bible Studies. We started the church in our home with just a little Bible study in our home, and she used to come all the time and got saved. (laughs) Okay. My wife is laughing at me. (laughs) Anyways, that's my wife, if you don't know who that is on your left. And uh, anyway, she got saved, and then she moved to uh, Chiba Prefecture and married this uh, man who is now very active in uh, the city. uh, He's on city council now and very active in politics. And uh, to this day, they still send us support every month. And, uh, they, um, you know, we just surrendered to God our lacks, and and just surrender to the lord and this is this is one of the stories that all of you are a part of because you guys even though we've been there 30 years you've been supporting us also not probably not 30 years but pretty close to 30 years and you know our success any kind of success that we have any kind of struggles we have you you've been there with us through it all and we uh, so much appreciate it and uh so, uh, this is Kaku's family. This is uh, Kaku here on the left with her mouth full. This is Adrian up front here. And then her mom and dad are on the back corner there. And uh, that's her sister and her mom. And then my son, Daniel. Uh, her nephew, Kazumasa, and, which came and visited a couple times here to Kalamazoo. And then uh, Adrian there on the right, too. And um, and this is when uh, Daniel Kaku's mom and Seika and another girl got all got baptized, and uh, we were uh, so blessed to see um, God just touch these people. And you know, we one of the purposes that God sent us there was to just show love to her family, and. We have the privilege of knowing that all of them, before they passed away, both her mom and dad and her sister have all passed away. She is the only living <laughs> relative. <laughs> you got They're laughing because these are old pictures, (laughs) but they're all saved and her dad and mom are there and it was so blessed to to bring them and just see them worship the Lord together with us in Japan and they are all saved now. And uh, even through her mom's uh, funeral in Japan, uh, one of her cousin's wives uh, asked can we can I come to church and we said of course you can come to church and she just this was it this year or last year end of last year wasn't it sometime last year her cousin's uh wife got saved and baptized and is actually picking us up at the airport when we get back so praise god so these are just you know little stories of what God is doing But, you know, these stories are kind of spread out. It didn't happen like this month this happened, and the next month that happened. There were lots of lean years and hard years that we never seen anyone get saved, and we just just had to keep continuing on. As uh, Pastor Cameron said, we had to just trust that God was going to use our limitations if we would just stay surrendered and faithful to him. But one of the ways that we would... uh, show generosity. Okay, let's go back here. (laughs) So one of the ways that we would show generosity, um, you know, I wanted to uh, last year, December, I wanted to take my wife, uh, do something with my wife for our anniversary. and, And we didn't really have a lot of money. And we'd been so busy with different things happening in the church. And, and I just prayed, God, can we can we have a time for our anniversary? And then I didn't know, but I got a stimulation check in the mail. And I thought, oh, wow, thank you, Lord. We can go do something for our anniversary. And God said no. I said, okay, so what do you want us to do with this money? And he said, I want you to go out to eat to the different restaurants that you have been reaching out to the, manage- to the owners and the staff and I want you to take others with you. And so I said, okay, I'll just surrender my desire to do something special with my wife. And we just began to um, eat out at four different restaurants little by little over the next few months with that money. We would uh, bring people with us, and we would just go to the owners. And we have really strong relationships with many of the owners, uh, these four owners. Uh, One owner and his staff have actually been to the roof of our church and we had barbecue, uh, party with them one time. And so we just decided, okay, that's what we'll use this money for. And, uh, that's what we did. And, uh, this is uh, William and this is the staff, uh, from one of the restaurants that, um, uh, that we have gone to. And so we just focused on, uh, four restaurants and just, just, Blessing them and letting them know that we're standing with them, that when others are afraid to, you know, when the government's trying to keep you short hours and they had so many different limitations, we just encouraged them that we love them and that we, were, we wanted to come and just support them. And it meant a lot uh, to those four owners and uh, it just built stronger relationships with them. And I had a Zoom meeting with some pastors in Asia And uh, I mentioned that our anniversary was coming up in December. And then one of the pastors who's from Taiwan, he texted me and said, I'm going to gift you two nights at the Hyatt Hotel in just an hour and a half from our house as a resort area that we never go to. But (laughs) it's only an hour and a half away, but we don't go. But he said, I'm going to gift you two nights at the Hyatt Hotel and we were kind of blown away because the Hyatt Hotel is one of the most expensive hotels in Japan. And uh, after we got there, it was such an amazing place, and we could almost not even have to leave the hotel. We had such a good time, and uh, I we took pictures of our room, and I sent it to the pastor. And I said, we, "I just want to thank you. This room is beautiful. It's so nice. Thank you so much." And he texted back, "Is that all they gave you? Just a minute." And about 10, 15 minutes later, I don't know how much time went by, and the staff came up and said, uh, sorry, we need to change you to the, this other room, the most expensive room in the hotel. <laughs> and, you know, just to put it in perspective, it was probably 800 to $1,200 a night for this room. <laughs> so we gave up our stimulus and trusted God come on, come on. and this is what we got in return. You know. And we even found that they had Cajun fries <laughs> <Glory>. for free <laughs> because we had uh, th- this room came with everything. It came with free food and all kinds of free drinks and stuff. It was just Amazing, in their lounge with the fireplace. It was just an amazing place to stay. And uh before we go there, so our hotel was great, but we didn't have any money to go out and do anything or eat anywhere. And then just a few days before we left, someone from New Day, South Carolina, uh, sent us an uh, email and said, "The Father loves you," and. W- Uh, The Father wants to bless you, and they gave us $1,000. And so we had uh, Wagyu steak, and um, where they cook it in front of you. Can you tell which one I had? (laughs) (laughs) And this is just some of the scenery from the different places. And, uh, you know, these are just some pictures. uh, We really, God had told us to show great hospitality. And so um, we just began to reach out. And what we found was there were many Japanese Brazilians who uh, began to move into the area to find work. And so we just began, even though we didn't speak the same language, they didn't speak Japanese, we didn't speak Portuguese, but we just started inviting them to our home and and just reaching out and showing love and and showing hospitality. And uh, many of these uh, people have gotten saved and been a part of our church and Uh, for a short time, and then they moved back to their home country. And so our church has been uh, at at its, at the most, we've been about 70 people, but right now we're only at about 35 people, which uh, makes things uh, difficult. But we just surrender it all to God, and we see his limitations. And is this the one with Sam? Do you want to say something?
2: The pointer. So, Sam is. Um, the other pointer. A pointer. Sam, uh, he's gonna point. Hold it. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> well, I'll talk. I'll talk. Um, Sam, he's from England, and uh, he was. Um, well, oh, cool.
0: you need to change the slide, though. Oh, that's so cool.
2: That's Sam. Um, He's from England, and he was a young man who was teaching English in Japan. And one day, uh, he came to to a house, and I was alone by myself. And uh, he was looking for a church that spoke English. And then, and he saw a sign in front of a house. It says uh, Hope International Fellowship. That time, and uh, in English or something, uh, we have services in English. So he came in and checked out, uh, asked me asked me about the church, and I said, Oh yeah, we have church in English. So he decided to come. But then that time, we were having a Thanksgiving dinner at our house. So I don't, I, even though I didn't know him, I said, oh, why don't you just come to our house for Thanksgiving dinner? And he's from England, so he didn't know what Thanksgiving was. But he said, sure. Yes. So he came. <laughs> and then I didn't realize that was a big impact in his life. But later, after 25, after um, uh, he, and then he moved, moved, we sent him, uh, sorry, after that, he started coming to a church every week, and and, and we sent him to a mission, school of mission in the Philippines, hoping that he would come back to a church to work with us. But then that wasn't God's plan. Actually, we sent him to Hong Kong. And he planned a church, and now the church is really thriving, and he's gonna—he's uh, raising up a lot of young leaders, and then there's a new pastor, right? He became a pastor, but then he raised up another man to be a pastor, so he can now uh, concentrate on uh, campus ministry? Counseling. Counseling and stuff. So, but then... Um, uh, how many years ago, he, you, he came to our anniversary service for 25 years and then he, we asked him to speak a little bit about his experience in Japan. And then one of the things he said was, oh, when I was in Japan alone as a young man, uh, Pastor Dennis and Kaku invited me to their Thanksgiving dinner. And that was he was so encouraged and he was so touched. By a love to a strange, you know, strange man that we didn't know much about. So he said, "Oh, that was such a love and encouragement to me. So I'm so thankful for that." And then when I heard that, I was like, "Wow!" I didn't realize that that just little Thanksgiving dinner uh, meant a lot to him. So I just want to encourage you: just even a little thing that you might do, even though you, you think it's just so limited and just some, such a sm- small thing, but you do something to that person, that, that this person, that will make a big impact because you share the love of God and kindness and His mercy grace, so I just want to um, give that testimony uh, I hope it made sense I yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: so I have a lot more stories but um, these are just some of our leaders right now, some of the church members uh, right now and uh, this was uh, the church in our home, where we started the church in our home and uh, that's our whole kitchen dining and living room <laughs> the person who's taking the picture is probably leaning against the sink. And so this is where we started the church. And then that got too small and uh, we uh, started renting uh, this small building. It was a 7-Eleven type building. It was $850 a month. It was 25 and a half foot wide by 25 and a half foot long. It was very, very small. And if we stuffed people in, we could probably get about 50 people into this. uh, And that's what we did. We stuffed them. (laughs) And uh, we had, we just, uh, and we reached out to some other Brazilian churches also and began to have joint prayer meetings and worship services uh, on Friday nights for a while there. And I'm just going to and then uh, that, when that got too small, God challenged us to rent another building, which is the building that we're in right now, which is a four-story building. But when we first got into it, we were only renting the first two floors, which cost us $3,500 a month. And it didn't come with parking, so we paid for parking for 10 cars for, are you ready? $550 a month. <laughs> for 10 cars. But then uh, through it all, um, as we were there, we really felt God wanted us, wanted to give us this building. And, uh, but I couldn't get a, I couldn't get a loan from a bank. Um, I just was not a very uh, low risk. I'm running out of time. I was very low risk. And so, um, what we found out was that, uh, the people that we were paying rent to weren't actually paying their loans. And so the city repossessed the building from them. And the short story is that, uh, her relative who was a realtor came and said, did you know your building's going up for sale? And I said, we said, no, we didn't know. And one miracle was that he said, well, if you guys want to bid on it, I'll not bid on it. I won't compete with you. And that was a miracle for a realtor to say that. And so we said, yeah, we're going to bid on it. But we didn't have any money. (laughs) We couldn't even get a loan from a bank. But then uh, we were able to, uh, through friends that we helped plant a church in Yokosuka, and uh, that pastor uh, was on a board who uh, gave out loans uh, that board gave out loans to churches who couldn't get loans through a normal bank, and so they gave us a loan uh, for two hundred thousand uh, dollars. It was a miracle. It was the last loan they gave out, and um, we went. We we bid one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and everybody's saying that's way too low. Even the realtor who was helping us said that's way too low. It's 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 worth about. Uh, it was built at the cost of about a million dollars. Uh, it was still valued when we uh, bid on it at $800,000 with the land. And uh, we bid $150,000 on it, and the realtor said, you have no no chance. Why aren't you even bidding the whole amount that you got from the loan? And I said, well, because God told me to bid $150,000. What makes you think I can bid more than what God tells me? And so I was very upfront, very... Uh, with this realtor and he he helped us get the get the loan also, or get the building in the first place the first two floors and and uh when we went to hear the result they called our lot and then they tell you how many people bid on it and then who wins the bid so they called our lot and they said only one person bid wow. and we jump up in the middle of all these businessmen sitting you know serious looking businessman we're jump jumping up and cheering in the back of the room because before they said the name we knew who it was you know <laughs> and so we got the building and what we didn't know was there were taxes and different things and it came up to $200,000 $50,000 and which covered the what we got for the loan and uh, even now uh we're not able to pay the loan right now because uh, like I said we're only at 35 people and so we've only been making two of our four payments and uh, we talked to the loan organization and we said, look, we we want to keep this. We want to do our best uh, to to hold up our, our what we chose, you know, what we told you we would do. They said, don't worry about it. Pay what you can pay and just pay when you can pay and we're going to stand with you through this time. And so they've been very, very... Uh, even in our limitations, God has been filling in through people and giving us miracle after miracle. And uh, just one last miracle. Our our, do I have time? <laughs> Try. So our town is in Shuzenji. It's now called Izu, but it was originally called Shuzenji. The city of Shuzenji in Shuzenji Zen. Buddhism. It's where Zen Buddhism was started at this temple and spread through the whole peninsula. And so God placed us in a place in the most spiritual stronghold in the whole peninsula was this place in Shuzenji. And to see Japanese people come to the Lord is amazing. And we've we've had the privilege of seeing some uh, Japanese men who have burnt their butsudan altars and choose to follow Christ only because Japan accepts all religions they just won't commit to any one religion except their traditional religions which they don't even follow that much but they commit to Buddhism and Shintoism but if you ask a person to forsake everything and you know for this man to burn his butsudan altar it's almost like giving up his whole culture and so it, it's very, very significant that uh, he would do such a thing. And he is still with us today uh, after he got saved in 2009 or something like that, I think. And he's still very active in the church. And uh, we've seen other uh, men, which, you, which is very rare for men, Jap- Japanese men, especially Japanese older men to get saved. And we've had the privilege of baptizing uh, some Japanese men. And the other stronghold is Mount Fuji. Mount Fuji, the top of Mount Fuji is owned by Shin, Shinto Shrine, and they are both in our prefecture. We only live about an hour from Mount Fuji. In fact, if you come as, on a team, uh, you can see Mount Fuji from my, our, my office. So please come. <laughs> but again, uh, just to close, God just asks us to bring our limitations to him just to surrender our lives and bring our limitations to him and let him fill in the gaps. Let him fill in our limitations because what did the Bible verses that we read before Jesus even asked to feed these? What did he say? He said, I already know what I'm going to do. I just want you to participate, but we can't participate unless we're willing to surrender And bring him our limitations. And that's how we participate. And he will fill in the gaps. So I just want to encourage you. Surrender to him and let him fill in your gaps. Let him fill in your limitations. Amen?
2: Amen. Thank you.